This is the Perfectly Mentored Podcast with your host, Jason Portnoy. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Perfectly Mentored. I'm your host, Jason Portnoy. My guest on this episode is the amazing Evan Carmichael. Gary Vaynerchuk called him the DJ who inspires people and Ed Milet called him the modern day Napoleon Hill. At 19, he built and sold a biotech software company. At 22, he was a venture capitalist raising 500,000 to $15 million. He now runs a YouTube channel for entrepreneurs with over 3 million subscribers and over 300 million video views. Uh, he wants to solve the world's biggest problem, which is you're going to have to pay attention to this episode because we talk about it. This is the episode for entrepreneurs. You're not going to want to miss this one. Check it out. Evan, welcome to the show. Thanks a lot, man. Good to be here. I love your background, all those Ninja Turtles. And it's hard to see. It's a little, little blurry, but I like it, dude. All the old action figures from my childhood, like from the 80s. Um, and then over here, we got the original iPod and where there it is, iPod and Game Boy. What, yeah. What's your favorite signed baseball you have up there? Uh, so my favorite signed memorabilia isn't even up here. Uh, I have a Reggie Miller signed jersey. Oh, nice. And okay. Reggie is my favorite athlete of all time. So, All right. So, yeah. All right. Respect. Yeah. Cool. Well, well, your show, man, I just got distracted by your background. So <laughs> I love it. No, you worries. Want to take it. no worries. So quick two minutes into your background on your entrepreneurial journey. How'd you get started? Uh, I had a lot of entrepreneurial tendencies growing up. Um, I was doing baseball cards and garage sales, lemonade stains and all that kind of stuff. When I was eight to 12, you know, 13, um, I got huge into baseball because the blue Jays, my hometown team, and you're Canadian. So we'll, we'll, we'll accept you. You know, you're from Montreal. Uh, we won the world series in 92, 93. I was 12 and 13. That was also baseball card hype. So, uh, that, that really kickstarted a lot of my entrepreneurial ventures where I was making, you know, thousands of dollars, not like hundreds of thousands of dollars, but lemonade sands making a hundred bucks versus thousands of dollars doing baseball cards. And it just sparked the bug. Um, you know, going to school, entrepreneurship wasn't a thing when I was growing up, you kind of had to be crazy or unemployable to be an entrepreneur. Uh, so I thought I wanted to be a banker, but I kept coming back to different ideas and, and different opportunities and ended up in university partnering with two people who had started a company. I took a 30% ownership in their business and um, just started helping build that and haven't looked back since. Love it. Uh, and we won't talk about 1994 because that's like really, really uh, tough times to be a baseball fan in Montreal. So, uh, so yeah, congrats on 92, 93, 94 would have been our year, but, but it was so close dude. And and we were doing well in the AL too. It could have been an all Canada finals. That was, I was so pumped and then they go to Washington and then they do so well. It's like, if you just like, I, I really wonder what would have happened if they just let the Expos run out that 94 season. Yeah. Anyway. You're, you're known for believing in people, right? Believing in entrepreneurs. What does that mean? Well, I think belief is the, the single biggest problem in the world. I think more than anything else. I think you know, whatever you think might be a big problem, cancer. I think, I think the woman who solves cancer would have already solved it if she had just believed in herself enough to become a doctor instead of going to go work at, you know, some accounting firm and hating her life. Uh, I think it's the single biggest problem in the world. And I wake up every day trying to solve it uh, for myself. Like I'm still not done believing. It's still my biggest problem as well. Uh, so what does that mean? Well, it means believing in what you're doing, that the work you do matters, you know, that what you're going to wake up and spend your time on every day really matters that 
that this show for you matters, that me being on it matters to me, you know, that, that when we look at our calendar, it feels like the work that we're going to do has a good chance of making an impact somewhere in the world that matters. Um, then it's belief in self. So do you believe in yourself as the person who can execute it? You know, it might be a good idea to have a show, but is, is Jason the guy to do the show too often? It's our own voice in our head. It's not even us telling our friends or spouses or family. It's, it's our own voice that says, yeah, but you can't do that. It's good for somebody else, but not for you. So self-belief. And then the belief that it will work out, you know, that if you keep going, that even if you suck at the beginning and you don't know what you're doing and you're figuring all this stuff out at the beginning, that if you just keep going, the belief that it will work out. So I think those three things, you, the belief in the work that you're doing, believe that, that you can do it and believe that it will work out. I think if people can wrap their, their hearts around that, um, you'll be able to uh, unlock and accomplish amazing things. So what do you see as some of the biggest mistakes entrepreneurs are making today and, and how can they fix it? Number one is picking the wrong business. Uh, I think a lot of people fail because they're, they're just chasing opportunity and they don't actually ever really love the thing. You know, I think entrepreneurs typically find a, find a hole and fill it. You find the need and you just, you solve it, but you have to actually like the process of doing it, right? What a lot of people make the mistake of doing, especially in their first business is you look at whatever list of top businesses to start for this year, you know, podcast is one of them. I'm going to be a podcaster, but okay. But you better like talking to people, you know, <laughs> you, you better enjoy actually having conversations with people because otherwise that podcast, even though it's a right strategy, it's not going to work out for you because you're going up against people who love the thing. And if you're going up against people who love it, and for you, it's just a strategy, you're going to lose every single time. And so of all the people that I profiled and, and learned from mega successful people, the, the number one rule is that they love the thing, the thing, the process, the actual like doing of the work they like. And yes, the results come and, and that's great, but that's kind of keeping track and counting score where it's like the actual showing up to the work really matters. So I think most entrepreneurs, when they're getting started, they don't, they don't do that. They're looking just for the opportunity, just for the dollars and making money is important. This is not running a charity. And even charities need to make money because <laughs> that's another problem as entrepreneurs who chase their passion, but they never figure out how to monetize it. Now you're stuck uh, working the evenings and weekends on your business, but because you never figured out how to monetize it, it never becomes the thing. And so you never get to spend your full time in it. You never get to have the impact that you want to have. You never get to provide the life for your family and yourself that you want to create. And so people often fall into one of those two camps of, okay, I'm, I'm just doing this for the money. And then they, they rarely make the big money or I'm, I'm just going to do something I love, but then they never figure out how to make it of value to other people. And they, they just bought themselves a hobby. And it's really in that combination that most people miss. It's like, what do you love doing with what brings value to other people? That's a winning recipe for a good business. I'm curious, piggybacking on, on your thought here, if you think that's one of the major reasons businesses fail, because you could go into it, you love the idea, you're going with it, but do you really love the idea enough to face rejection? Because let's be honest, in the beginning of your entrepreneurial journey, not everyone's throwing their credit card at you. You're going to have to deal with a lot of nodes. You have to you get punched in the face a little bit and get back up. Do you love the process and the showing up enough to keep getting back up? And do you think that's why a lot of people just, most businesses fail? Because they don't. Yeah, I, there's, there's a lot of difficulties in setting up a business. And that's why loving the process is the thing that gets you through because otherwise it's so difficult. Like the idea of launching a podcast might be a great idea, but then you gotta, you gotta book guests and you gotta set up the gear and you gotta figure out the editing and the software and all that's like, 
not just the glitz and glamour of, Hey, I get to talk to celebrities on my show. <laughs> yeah, fair But enough. the thing that kind of gets you through it is feeling like this is going to matter and not having to feel like it's work. Right. So for example, people ask me, well, how many hours a day do you work? Well, I don't know. What's work. Like, is this work? Cause talking to Jason doesn't feel like work to me. Right. So it's kind of, it, I think it should be hard to, to blur the lines. This is fun. This is, this is my purpose. This is what I love waking up and doing. And so I think most entrepreneurs just fall into one of those two camps of they either just, they don't love it enough. And so they quit for a, a bunch of reasons, right? They quit because it gets too hard. They quit because they can't deal with the rejection. They quit because somebody looks at, they listen to their first show and they tell them they're stupid. They quit because they're afraid that people will watch it. They quit because they're afraid people won't watch it. <laughs> you know, we quit for a whole bunch of reasons. But at the end of the day, if you love it, it's the thing that keeps you going through. But loving it alone isn't enough. That means you have a hobby. You have to figure out how to bring value to other people so that you can afford to build this into a business and hire teams. So it's not just you doing everything for the rest of your life and keeping it super small. I got you on the show. So I'd, I'd be stupid not to pick your brain and get tactical for a second here. You grew a yeah. YouTube channel into over 3 million subscribers. If you could give uh, cause I think that's what everyone wants, right? Everyone wants a YouTube channel that everyone's watching and that everyone's uh, a subscriber to, right? So if you could give five, I guess, tactical, actionable tips for listeners in order to grow their YouTube audience, what would it be? Okay. I'll start talking and you tell me when I hit five. <laughs> hey, if, we fin- if we finish up the rest of this time here with you just giving tips on that, I think, I think it would be a pretty good show. Okay. So, okay. Uh, so well, so let's, let's start and we'll just go and you tell me when to stop. Um, cool. It's funny. I actually just covered this in, in one of my training programs this morning. Like if you, if you could start over on your YouTube channel now this year and you know what you know, but you don't know who you know, right? So I can't use my contacts or friends. I'm a no name, but I know what I know. What would I do to get started? Um, number one is expect to suck. So I think the mindset is the biggest thing that holds people back. We find all sorts of reasons why we can't do it. I hated my videos for up to 350 videos in. I couldn't watch my own videos back. I thought they were, it was just too embarrassing. To I'm watch like that back. too, by the way. I can't listen to my podcast back. Yeah, so. 350 videos in before I wasn't completely embarrassed by what I was doing. And then 700 until I inspired myself. So 700 where I watched it and it's like, you know what? I think I'm kind of getting good at this. You know, like there might be hope for me. <laughs> 700 videos in. And uh, so most people just, they just quit too soon. And could I have gotten better? Yes. Could I have asked for help faster? Yes, for sure. And it's still a mountain that you have to climb. And so you just expect to suck. Like, how did I keep going? Well, I I didn't expect to be great. This is a big challenge for people. I think we, we look at, if you're going to start a podcast, you're going to start a YouTube channel. You look at people, you know, maybe you look at Joe Rogan and say, wow, this guy is so great. And so you know what good really looks like. And then you think, well, I'm not going to be Joe Rogan. You know, if Joe Rogan's like A plus, I'm probably like a B minus. I feel like I could be a B minus to Joe Rogan. You know, that, that feels reasonable. I, I ask good questions. I know what I'm doing, right? And then you sit down to make your first episode and you, it's not a B minus. It's like a F. <laughs> it's a big F. It's a big fail. It's like, so you don't, you didn't expect to be great, but you end up being way worse than you thought you were going to be. And that's where a lot of people quit. You know, you quit because you're, you're, you really suck. And so expect to suck. Why do you think you're going to be great at the beginning of anything, right? It's a skill that you learn. How do you get better at the skill? Well, you practice, you can model success, you can get coaching, you can learn, but you still have to acquire that skill through repetition. So number one is just expect to suck. Don't go in thinking that you're going to be great. 
expect it to be terrible. And if it's not completely terrible, then you've done a good job. Now, when I say that it, it may sound harsh, but don't internalize it as you suck, right? I think you're amazing for giving it your shot. It's just expect to not be good at the skill set. That's all. So expect to suck out of the gate. That, that's it's the best. Next, um, be really strategic. So, in terms of picking the content, what I would do is one of two things. One, I would look at who do I think is the biggest in my industry. So when I got started, um, one of the people I looked to was Grant Cardone because it was at the same agency, right? So as I was building up my channel, man, it took me four years to get to 7,000 subscribers or something like that. So that was a really slow growth. Like year one, I had 25 subscribers. <laughs> Your listeners are probably already ahead of me. And uh, joined an agency in New York. And I said, hey, who's the number one person here? And he said, Grant Cardone. It's like, okay, I'm going to beat Grant Cardone on YouTube. He doesn't even care about me. He doesn't even know I exist, but I am going to go beat him on YouTube. Uh, and, and that became a source of inspiration, like a, a, a fake kind of competition. And so if, if you can think of who in your industry has done really well on YouTube or in podcasting, look at what videos they've made and sort by most popular like on YouTube. You can just go to their channel, sort by most popular, see what they're talking about, and then make your version of it. Wherever it makes sense. If Grant's talking about entrepreneurship, I can do that. If Grant's talking about real estate, that's not really my jam. So I'm going to ignore those videos. But look at all the people in your industry who have done really well and then lift their titles. Now, I don't even need you to watch the content. Don't make, don't, don't, I don't care what they're saying in their videos, but you're just taking inspiration for a title because your goal becomes ultimately to rank in YouTube after their videos. So they watch those videos. That's a good title. We're going to make our version of it, right? The goal isn't to be a, a Grant Cardone Jr. The goal is to be you, but you're taking titles that have proven to work. The second thing is based off of keywords. So if you're going to go to YouTube and do a search, think about a video that you might call, you know, what me, maybe something around motivation. Um, the difference between motivation and inspiration could be really big or, how to start a business versus how to start a company versus how to be an entrepreneur. For me, it's, it's, it all means the same thing, but the keyword choice could make a really, really, really big difference. So what you want to do is you go to YouTube, type in, go to the search box, make a, make a title that you think you would make a video on before you actually go record it and see what's showing up. And the key thing to look for is look for the videos that have more views on them than subscribers more views on a video than subscribers. Most channels don't have that. Most channels might have 10 or 20 videos that have more views than subscribers and all the other videos have less views than subscribers. What that means is that video did incredibly well for them. And so it's a really good topic. And so sometimes just in the wording choice of how we call it, for me, starting a business, starting a company, starting as an entrepreneur, all mean the same thing. My advice would be exactly the same, but the packaging of it really, really makes a big difference for it being able to be exposed to new audience. So that's pretty tactical for how you can, you know, find topics. But before that still is the mindset, right? The expect to suck. Uh, three would be, I would create a consistent schedule that I had to follow. One of the biggest things that people don't do is they just don't follow through. You start and you stop and you start and you stop and you get motivated and then you don't do it anymore. If it's not in your calendar, it doesn't happen, right? Like this is in both of our calendars. If, if we waited for the time to be inspired to make it happen, it's probably not happening because you're off on your busy day. I'm off doing other things. But the fact that we put it in our calendar for this time, here we are both showing up ready to go, right? 
you have to do that for your content. You know, you, you won't, you won't stay consistent on it if you just hope to be inspired right now. I'll still make videos when I feel inspired. I, I still might be walking down the street with my wife and I pull up my phone and film something because something hit me. But most of the content I make is because I have blocked off time in my calendar and as a busy entrepreneur, if you're a part-time entrepreneur and you have a day job and you have kids and uh, all the other responsibilities, you quickly find that there's, there's zero time in your calendar. So you have to start by blocking off chunks, right? An hour a week, two hours a week, three hours a week, when, whenever works in your calendar, but you have to block off the time to stay consistent. The thing that only helped me was consistency. You know, I was too afraid to ask for help at the beginning. I was nervous. I was shy. I was an introvert. I thought I sucked. Uh, I couldn't watch my content back. I didn't know anything about gear. I, I couldn't edit for my life. Like, I don't know, every, every problem that we all think about when we first start, the only thing I had going for me was I just kept going. <laughs> We've done over 11,000 videos now on the channel. Not all of them are public, but uh, that's a lot of content, 11,000 videos over 12 years. Um, and that's just on the main channel, let alone all the other ones that we've done. So, you know, it's almost a thousand videos a year. That's crazy. Um, so showing, so showing up is, 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 a, is the major part. It's definitely, it's definitely a major part. I mean, you, you kind of have to really suck to not get good at something if you have done it <laughs> yeah. 11,000, 12,000 times. Right. Uh, now I think, I think a lot of people can get there faster, right? I, I, I was really slow. Um, YouTube also, when I started, was not an educational platform. So nobody was going to watch long form educational videos that didn't exist in 2009. Now YouTube is the number one place people go. They're not going to go to textbooks to learn how to do things anymore. They go to YouTube when they say, how do I X and videos show up, right? That could be you. Um, so for a lot of people who are trying to get started, maybe this moves to the fourth point people ask, is it, is it too soon? Or sorry, is it, am I too late? Am I too late to get going? Like, no, it, this is so early. YouTube's been around for 2009, but for education and thought leadership, that's more where I am. You know, if you're in music or you're doing slime channels or something else, I don't, I can kind of give you some advice, but I'm not the expert yeah. at it, but, but inside of thought leadership and education, it's still so early. Go look at whatever you're an expert at go type it into YouTube and see what videos are showing up and watch those videos and tell me that you don't have better information than the people who are currently making the content. First, you'll find there aren't that many people talking about it, a handful of people talking about it with giant volume of people searching for it. So you got this giant domain and really limited supply and the supply isn't even that quality for the most part. So they might be more comfortable in front of the camera than you are, but that's an easier skill to pick up than actually having decades of knowledge to be able to share. So, so um, I'm, I'm curious about, about that. If you don't mind, if I could just go a little bit, yeah, yeah, on yeah. That. I'd love yeah. to hear your process on things on, uh, I guess, synthesizing information and mixing it into your own, because I, like you consume so much content. I have coaches. I interview big names like yourself. I have clients. There's always so much learning at times. It's kind of hard to figure out, you know, is this me? Am I being a sponge and just regurgitating information? Or is this my real thought? Does that, does that make sense? Like, how, how do you do it? I try to eliminate the overthinking from the equation. I try to eliminate the self-judgment from the equation. I get an idea, I do it. Like, is he in, what's the intent? Is the intent to serve and help? Yes, great, I'm gonna do it. And sometimes things work out, sometimes they don't work out. And because we're constantly moving forward, I don't spend a lot of time like, oh, I wish I didn't make that mistake or I didn't post that video that then didn't do so well because we're now making more videos. So you'll find that you find your cadence, just like 
you know, at the start of your podcast, I'm sure you probably researched other podcasts and maybe looked up Joe Rogan podcast questions and Tim Ferriss podcast questions, and you're, you're learning, but I'm sure it's evolved, you know, with every episode and you've gotten way better at asking questions and you've figured out your style and your flow. And that's, that's what you have to do. Like, I, I think mimicking and copying at the beginning is a great way to try things on. And ultimately you find what works for you and what doesn't. And you become this mashup of a whole bunch of different ideas and experiences. So you won't know the final product till you start experimenting. So you get an idea. The best thing you can do is go test it out. As long as the intention again is positive and to serve, you know, if you're, if you're in a really negative space, if like somebody ripped you off or something, or your, your assistant just quit on you and slammed you on social media. Um, I'm not saying it's going to happen, but <laughs> uh, if like, if you're not in a really, if you're in a negative spot, the ideas that come to you probably aren't serving, right? I'm going to go slam carnival cruise lines because they canceled my reservation and I'm going to show them on my podcast. Like, okay, you're probably not, you know, in a service mindset right now, maybe you should breathe on that one and come back tomorrow. And if it still feels like the right thing to do, great, go for it. But as long as the, the intention is positive and to serve, then then get your brain out of the way and just go create because we are the ones putting the brakes on creativity. So you, you DJ content. I mean, Gary Vaynerchuk called you the best DJ of content. Um, I think there's a lot of people who are scared to do that because it's not them. They're, they don't look like the smart one. They're not the one giving the value. Clearly it's a perception based off what you're saying, right? And overthinking and getting in their way, but you've managed to do it successfully. So what, what are your, if someone's listening right now and said, I'm not going to repost this clip, for example, because it's not me, I'm not the one giving the value. How do you get out of your own way that way? Um, that's just a gut check. You know, I, I, I think that's the right strategy for a lot of people. I, I, you know, Gary V called me that is, you know, very kind, but that's who I am. I like, I love doing that stuff. I, I, I would much actually rather do that than, than be here on the show with it being me. No, you'd rather be nowhere else but on this show. Well, that's, well, let's, that's let's, true. let's let's there let's you go. But let's let's, that's true. That's true. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I, I am I like DJing content. It makes me I need it. I use it for myself because I want to be around Oprah Winfrey and Elon Musk and these people every day. So I use it for me and then I share it with the world. And thankfully, this people find enough value in it that it could be a business and we can have a team and we can scale it. But I think for most thought leaders, it's actually not the play. I think most thought leaders. Um, you, it should be about you. It should be about you and your message and your story and, and getting it out there. If you love collecting quotes and books and wisdom from others, great, then share it and you can add your two cents on it. You know, you look at the stuff behind you. There's a story behind the Ninja Turtles. There's a story behind Reggie Jackson, why he's the greatest athlete of all time for you. There's lessons in that. Even if nobody, even if somebody doesn't care about baseball, they can learn a lot from Reggie. And through your interpretation of his story. And so what I'm buying into is Jason's interpretation of the story that's going to make it a lesson that's going to apply to me, even if I've never heard of who Reggie Jackson is. So that's where it's still like, what feels right? And then go off and do it. And again, when you're making a decision based off of how you think you're going to be seen, you're not in a positive service framework. You're in an insecure negative framework. So it's usually not the right decision right? It's like, is this going to serve people? Am I feeling bold, powerful, confident? Yes. Great. Make release and stop judging yourself for it. Got it. I'm, I'm going to wrap up with this question, but first I'm going to say it's Reggie Miller. Reggie Jackson is a Yankee. I'm a Red Sox fan right now. And 
And oh, we Reggie were, Miller, basketball. Reggie Miller, basketball. Wow. Okay. Yeah, that, I, I heard Jackson. Reggie Jackson. Reggie Jackson is like, oh, no, I, don't, I, won't, I won't carry that. You can't but handle Reggie. Okay. Go, Reggie, go on Reg, well, Reggie Miller. Got it. Okay. Yeah. Um, look, you have, you have a new book, uh, Built to Serve. We just talked about serving and, and, putting, and, and coming from a place of putting out content to serve people. You have a book called Built to Serve. Talk about how you came up with the concept and a little bit about the book. Uh, Built to Serve, the idea is if you're not happy, it's because you're not serving. We all want to serve your audience, uh, you and I probably want to serve the world and have a big impact. Not everybody's built to serve the world. Some people want to serve the 25 closest people to them, but we're all built to serve. Everybody wants to wake up and feel like what they do matters today to somebody. It's going to mean something to somebody. And if we felt like today would mean something to somebody, how we showed up, it leads to positivity, optimism, hope. If we feel too many days in a row that it doesn't matter if we show up or not, Nobody cares about us at all. That's down to negativity, depression, suicide, et cetera. Um, so we're all built to serve. And the book basically guides you through a three-step process, who I have, how to figure out who you are, what you stand for, what your purpose is, uh, and then how to turn that into a business so that it's not just something you live on the evenings and weekends. I wrote it because I kept getting asked, how do I find my purpose? How do I find my purpose? How do I find my passions? Like the number one question I got asked, like, that's not difficult, guys. You don't have to go sit on a mountain for 10 years and you don't have to have hire some $100,000 business coach to tell you your purpose comes from your pain. Whatever you struggled the most with as a human is what you want to help other people through. And that will never get old. You know, whatever you struggled with, if you know that your work is going to help other people who currently are who you used to be, that will never get old. You'll be 120 years old, still wanting to try to serve those people. Um, so the book guides people through how to do that and then how to turn it into a business so that it's not just something you do on the evenings and weekends. What's your purpose? I want to solve the world's biggest problem. People don't believe in themselves because 19 year old Evan didn't believe in himself enough. And 41 year old Evan still doesn't believe in himself enough too. Got it. Evan, thank you so much for doing this. Really appreciate it. For those who want to reach out, they want to learn more. How can they reach you? How can they find you? Uh, Evan Carmichael. Most places is the easiest spot to find me. And uh, how many episodes have you done of this show? We're, uh, we're 155 right now recorded. Got it. So listen, the best thing you guys can do for me is go give Jason some love. It's a lot of work putting a show like this together, you know, from booking guests to researching, to asking questions, to organizing, like there's a lot of work that goes behind. So if you like this episode at all, or if you hated this one, but you love Jason and all the other stuff that he's done, <laughs> just go give him some love. Go, go give him a, what's the best thing? Review on iTunes, YouTube comment. Where do you want people to go? Sure. I'll, I'll, I'll make sure they, they find me. Don't worry. Well, but, I, but, but do it. Like if you found value in Jason, take eight seconds to go give him a, a review on iTunes and a, and a comment on YouTube, because that stuff really, 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 really makes a difference. And um, we feel like it, it doesn't matter in our time. You know, it's not, it's never going to be noticed. It does. I'll tell you that it does. And if there's anybody else that you follow who is a smaller creator, especially, or just getting started, go leave a comment, go tell them how much that show meant to you. Because I remember the early days of me starting my channel, those comments, those comments could make the difference between that person continuing on their journey or quitting because you took eight seconds to say, thank you. You're right. The best comment I could get is that this episode changed them or some clip from it, you know, sparked them to do some sort of thing that they weren't going to do before. That, that really is the fuel. So thank you for that. Thank you so much. Really appreciate you doing this. Much love. Thanks, Jason. Hey, everyone. Thank you so much for paying attention and tuning into that episode. If you enjoyed it, please do me a favor. Go leave a five-star review. Leave a review. Leave some comments. 
share it with some friends, spread the love. It would mean the world to me. Uh, Thank you so much for your attention and for tuning in, and I will see you on the next episode.